Hi, this is uh, Jerry Kassar, the state chairman of the Conservative Party, coming to you with our latest edition of Patriots Corner. Patriots Corner is a regular party podcast which brings newsmakers, elected officials, and conservative leaders to you as we conduct a freewheeling discussion on a wide range of topics. I'm pleased to have Jennifer Harrison, a nationally prominent crime victims advocate, a founder of Victims Rights New York and executive director of the Victims Rights Advocacy Center. Jennifer often appears in the media, bringing attention to the plight of crime victims, as well as the many backwards laws that have been put on the books in left-leaning state governments like New York. Um, thank you, Jennifer, for being with us. Thank you for having me. Well, let me get right to it. Um, You've made the issue of crime victims, crime victims' rights, their families, advocacy for better laws, really a central um, central theme of your life. Could you tell us how you came to this as such an important issue in your life? Yes. Um, sadly, in two January of 2005, both my boyfriend and his best friend were murdered in a bar fight in New Jersey. Um, three brothers were involved in this double homicide, but only one served jail time because of a sweetheart plea deal, um, you know, and an incompetent prosecutor. Uh, that brother was released in 2014 and only did nine and a half years for killing two people. So I learned I was 27 years old when this happened. Um, and I learned very early on how how completely broken the criminal justice system is. I'm very, I'm very, very, very sorry for your loss, losses. But we do appreciate the fact that um, you did not stand by the sidelines. You've probably done more good than you fully appreciate. Because I know, I know, as a person that monitors this issue, that worked for the state legislature for many years, that your name uh, and your work comes up um, often. Such a common sense thing you do in a world that doesn't seem to have as much sense as it used to. Well, let me uh, say, I did say I've been involved in government and politics for literally decades. Most of my career, no one questioned that victims' rights uh, took precedent over the rights of criminals. That's no longer the case in New York State. What happened? I mean, it's it's politics, Jerry. It's, it's all about politics and pandering. And, you know, yeah. politicians like Governor Cuomo needed to create this image of, you know, of being the champion of the, well, reinvent their image of being the champion of minority communities. Uh, none of the Democrat policies of have, have elevated any of these communities over the years that they've been in control. The city education systems are horrible. Um, we see that with low literacy rates and, le and levels and graduation levels. Not many people in these communities arrive rise up out of poverty in these systems. So, I mean, they had to do something. So they invented mass incarceration and social justice initiatives to distract these communities from the failures of the people currently in charge, uh, while also being able to place blame on Republicans who tend to be tougher on crime. And, you know, this, this isn't just happening in New York, it's happening across the country. And now you add George Soros to the mix and the rise of the socialist movement um, with people who really will not be happy until society is completely destroyed as we know it. Uh, so it could be rebuilt with, uh, with, you know, with them in power and their hierarchy in place. Um, and now we have the perfect storm creating the destruction, violence, and death that we're witnessing. Thank you. I mean, your organizations have helped create a crime victims agenda for the New York state legislature to take up some of your key uh, points or lifetime orders of protection from victims of violent crimes, 
very common sense thing I might point out, providing notice to crime victims representatives that a parole a parolee is being discharged or released. I think everyone probably thought that already was the law. And the creation of Crime Victims Awareness Month. Can you give us an update, um, kind of a status of your efforts? Yeah, as you mentioned, I mean, you can uh, go on our website, the Victims Rights New York PAC website, victimsrightsnypac.com, or the Victims Rights Reform Council. I think it's victimsrightsreformcouncil.org. And our agenda is fully listed. And I think a lot of people would be shocked to see that most things on there you would think are already in place because they're so common sense. And when people look at that list and, and realize how many how backwards the system is and that these things aren't in place, I think that they would be completely shocked. So I'm happy to say that we have had at least five bills drafted um, and on our agenda, but unfortunately they're dead in the water because we have super majorities and we have a, a Democrat governor in, in the um, governor's mansion in Albany. So, you know, their focus is passing legislation like Clean Slate, which would give murderers, uh, child abusers, animal abusers, all the right to pretend that they never committed the completely horrific acts that they committed, while also granting them uh, the possibility of working in or around your homes, around your children and your pets without you even knowing. So that's that, you know, their focus is on the criminal and we're going to keep fighting for the victim and, and public safety. Well, thank you. Thank you. So let me ask you beyond uh, crime victims rights issues, New York state is some of the most liberal pro criminal public safety laws in the nation. This is an additional, this additionally complex is complicated by radical district attorneys and some really horrible judges. Uh, talk to me about the cycle of bad laws being a pro a prosecuted by, a, pursued by the left wing and the district attorneys going before woke judges. Right. So as you mentioned, you know, New York State has all kinds of awful laws. Everybody has heard about bail reform. Kathy Hochul signed Less is More, which removes any kind of um, enforcement on parolees who violate the terms of their parole. So you have people with open weapons charges who just got out of jail for, you know, long, long periods of time, um, not even able to abide by their release conditions, committing new crimes and not being reincarcerated. Um, and then, as you mentioned, we also have, you know, woke DAs and judges that are adding to the mix, like Alvin Bragg, who has a habit of, I think, downgrading um, around 50% of the felonies that come across his, his desk to misdemeanors. And then those cases aren't, he has, a, uh, that are being prosecuted, he has a, about a 51% conviction rate. So, I mean, it, it's just horrible. And he's not the only one. He, you know, he, he's very public about what he does. And because he's uh, backed by George Soros, a lot of attention comes to his office. But, um, you know, all, all of the New York City district attorneys are, are, are pretty much just, at least four of them are just as bad. Uh, they're just not vocal about it and not a, a lot of attention comes to it. And then you have these judges who are releasing very vi violent offenders when they could be held. Um, you know, I, I work with a victim in the Bronx whose husband, she, she's the mother of two small children. Her husband was killed by a repeat offender that was released that should have never been released by a judge. Well, let me, let me ask you, um, the illegal migrant issue, I, I mean, I, I believe we're seeing spikes in crimes of multiple levels including I just I believe just the other day in Erie County, I think in possibly Lancaster, but in Erie County, there was uh, 
there was an asylum seeker who's now being accused of uh, a rape and a number of violent crimes. And I'm, and, and, and we just kind of know that, that, that there are some really bad, bad people coming across those borders and ended up in New York state. Um, how do you, how do you see this issue affecting overall crime numbers in the state? Um, how do you see this, um, playing out as a political issue um, among New York state voters? So there are two sides of um, the crime issue regarding illegals coming across the border. You know, what, one, these people are not properly vetted. And then, you know, out here on Long Island, MS-13 is, is a huge problem. And, and the, these people um, are are horrible. They, they have no soul. They, they, ha they have no compassion. Um, they, you know, they threaten families. So not only is MS 13 coming over the cartels, all kinds of bad people coming across the border illegally and, you know, ending up here, but they're also threatening the people in the communities around them. So, you know, I'm actually working with a victim from my town who was, is here illegally, who was brutally raped and stabbed in front of her young daughter in broad daylight in her home by two people that came in at three o'clock in the afternoon and robbed her. Now she speaks no English. Um, she, you know, she has a hard time getting the resources that she needs and, and she feels like actually she wants to go back home to Guatemala because that, you know, that those are the conditions that she fleed. And these two uh, men that raped her and, and almost killed her in front of her, again, young daughter, uh, were minors. So they can't even really be fully prosecuted. Um, and, and these are the kinds of things that these people are escaping from. And then we're making them live under the same conditions. So there's all different sides to that story. There's, there are the criminals. There are now there's additional vi victims that have to be reimbursed by the state. We have to pay for court proceedings. Um, it's a it's a huge burden on the taxpayer. Forget about just the human element. And I think that, you know, people are starting to see this. I mean, they can't ignore it anymore because it's right smack in front of their faces with 91,000 people in New York City. And I think it's going to really smack them in the face uh, politically. Um, although your groups uh, uh, that you've organized really cannot be involved in politics, they're not for profits. I know you can and do get involved. Um, you were a very big supporter of Lee Zeldin. And for that, I thank you. But I know you didn't do it for the conservative party. You did it because you knew Lee would make a, a major, major difference in this state. And I know um, you, uh, I know he did immensely appreciate your support. You were constantly supporting my party's efforts, actually. And it seems to me that we have reached a tipping point uh, with Lee's candidacy. And although our gains were limited, we are making progress. Your thoughts? Well, the, the Victims' Rights Reform Council is a 501c3, a nonprofit. So like you said, we're not we're not allowed to be political um, as many nonprofit, well, not, no nonprofits are. Um, but that's why I formed the Victims' Rights New York PAC, a political action committee, because I feel like we've been silenced for way too long. And victims do need a voice in government and politics because the, the pendulum has swung so far. And, and for so long, none of these people have been called out properly by the by us, the people that are affected um, most by their failed policies. So, um, I, you know, you say that Lee was grateful for our support. We were so grateful for his support and for your support, Jerry, and putting candidates up that that constantly, you know, address our issues and fight for us in, in office because we, we do need that voice. And, and Lee actually adopted part of our agenda as his policy, which, I mean, you know, we couldn't have asked for more in a candidate. 
So, you know, the outcome of the election wasn't what we wanted. We didn't flip as many seats as we wanted to. Um, But the fact that he came as close as he did, I think, yeah, says a lot. And I'm talking to New York City voters because I'm focusing on New York City. That's where a lot of the problem is. That's where a lot of these candidates and, and politicians come from with these far left ideas and that are getting people killed. And um, New York City voters have really had enough. So I, the New York City Council races are coming up. Uh, there's a district attorney race in Queens that's coming up. So I think that that will really tell us a lot about what we need to know and, and where this is going. And let me uh, just remind you and, and all our viewers that there is a special election on September 12th in the 27th Assembly District in Queens, which is very competitive as a special election. And it may, not, it may seem to some people, well, you pick up one more assembly seat, what does it matter? It does matter. It matters in terms of tone. It matters in terms of how people view our efforts. We have both the GOP and conservative parties with help from groups like uh, Jennifer's or Jennifer herself have made gains after some horrendous losses a few years back, like in, you know, it's 218 or so. Um, a lot, I mean, Clearly, a lot, lot more needs to be done. But I'd rather be having this conversation from the perspective of that we are making gains than that we are still losing ground. The Democrats are reacting to this. They use heavy, heavy influence in Albany to what I would consider uh, threatening groups to go along their way or they will be hurt on funding. It's totally unfair. It's probably corrupt. But it's what we have to deal with. So I would like to point people in the direction of that race in Queens to watch it on uh, September 12th. Yeah, I'd like um, to add to that, Jerry. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but no, um, no, you, it's extremely important because every seat, these people aren't going to change their positions until they think that their jobs are on the line. And we need to let every one of these Democrats that are you know, voting for clean slate, that voted for less is more, that vote, refuse to fix bail reform, that their jobs are on the line. They're not going to get over $100,000 a year anymore if they continue to sit in their seats and fight against the best interests of the people they are supposed to represent. Well, I totally, totally agree. I mean, actually, this brings me to, would you ever consider running for, for public office? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, um, you know, I'm, I'm not the first person who's asked you, I bet. <laughs> no, no, you you're not. Um, I, I mean, I it's not it really hasn't ever been a goal of mine. If it's something that really needed to happen, if there was, you know, the, a candidate that needed to be defeated and nobody was willing to run against them, then I, you know, I would out of uh, my sense of responsibility to victims and the state and to help save our country. But it's not really something that I ever um, envisioned doing. I feel like I could do a lot more for victims behind the scenes. Um, and I don't I don't want to have to take my focus away from our issues to focus on all of the issues that an elected official would have to focus on. I really want to focus on helping victims and, and fixing the criminal justice system. I mean, I can understand that and respect that, frankly. I, uh, I don't think running is is necessarily the way to make a big impact or the biggest impact. And I don't think that everyone everyone who can make a big co- impact is comfortable with the whole nature of holding a public office. I obviously work with an enormous number of elected officials, and I, I often see them a little differently than I see the advocates. And I think that's actually a good thing, very good thing. So um, let me ask you, Jennifer, do you have any final words for our audience? In addition, could you just give us the information again, how one can reach out and assist you? 
Sure. I just, you know, I might start crying actually, but I just want everybody, I know that times are really, really rough right now and everybody, you know, it can be really defeating, especially, you know, for somebody like myself who deals with these things and sees such horrific cases day in and day out. But we are literally in the battle of good versus evil. And I truly feel like good and love and God will always win. So just hang in there. Don't give up. Keep fighting. Keep talking to your friends. Keep talking to your neighbors. And for God's sake, get out and vote. No matter who the candidate is, you know, in the presidential uh, election, just your vote counts. And, and we can't just sit back and not do anything anymore. So drag your neighbors to the to the voting booth, drag everybody that you know, keep talking about these issues. And please, um, you know, support our causes because we're out there fighting every day. Uh, you could go once again to victimsrightsnypac.com um, to donate to the pack or see the issues that we're fighting for. If you don't feel comfortable donating to a PAC and making your information public, we do have the Victims Rights Reform Council, victimsrightsreformcouncil.org, which is a, a registered 501c3, and we're supporting victims every day. So, um, you know, you could support us that way as well. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. You're a fighter. I think the conservative party is made up of people who fight. And um, if people, the our audience... And the voters need to understand that we can get very frustrated if we do not believe that people are fighting alongside us. And um, I've been blessed that a lot of people do fight alongside us like you. But I will say that the moment we fall asleep or rest a bit on this, we will be overwhelmed. We are um, we are in a difficult situation. but we, I can honestly say that we have gotten enough attention with our candidates that I feel as though I want to, I don't want to say a turnabout's about to come about, but we will continue to make gains and incremental gains for patient people eventually result in large gains. Right. So thank well, you. Know, thank you for taking the time. Thank you. Thank you, Jerry. You know, we're not just fighting for victims. We're fighting for the soul of our country. Right. You know, it start, they started coming after us in 2017 with all these social justice initiatives. And, and now they're coming for everybody else, like we said they would. So, yeah, we, we have to all band together and continue this. Well, I want to thank uh, Katie Mahone and Andrew Davis for making this podcast happen. And for our listeners, uh, thank you for tuning in to today's episode on our next episode, we will be joined by Tom King, the president of the uh, New York Rifle and Pistol Association, uh, who, believe it or not, in many, many ways is, you, know, you might not think of it this way, he's attempting to stop there being more crime victims. His work is his work is on many levels. Thanks again for joining us. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, subscribe wherever you listen and give us a five-star rating. Until next time, I am Jerry Kassar, and this is Patriot's Podium. Thank you.